What's up guys, after a brief hiatus for about a month, I am back with the Call the Audible podcast. Happy to be back, happy to be here, got a lot of football to talk about from the past month. Um, after My last episode was me correctly predicting that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would win the Super Bowl. They did, and since then, a whole boatload of stuff has happened, so I'm going to try and get the best pieces of it of the last month of action in the NFL. Um, and so for the next 30 to 45 minutes, we're going to talk about that. Got plenty of nice topics for today. Let's look over them really quick. Got the offseason quarterback movement that we've seen so far and the biggest rumors. I'm um, going to talk about the franchise tags that were applied, um, how I feel about them, what those teams' steps are moving forward. And then uh, we're going to talk about the Dak Prescott contract, uh, the top free agents and their potential destinations, teams that still have question marks at quarterbacks, and uh, my way to early playoff teams for 2021, ranking them by conference and giving a short reason why they're going there. Uh, so with that being said, let's get into the offseason quarterback movement that we have seen so far, starting with the Matt Stafford-Jared Goff trade. Now, this happened before the Super Bowl, but I believe it happened in between my Super Bowl prediction episode and my uh, most previous bulk episode. And so my, my reaction... Um, a month after the trade between Matt Stafford and Jared Goff and the Rams and the Lions is that this um, this shows where these two franchises are at. Matt Stafford um, is getting older, but he still has talent and in a great system. He could uh, he could thrive and take a team deep into the playoffs and potentially to a Super Bowl, and that's that's where they're at. And Jared Goff is is not there yet. He's I, I believe he could still ascend. He could get back to a form that we saw him uh, in when he took the Rams to the Super Bowl. Um, but the last two years have been rough. I think he and McVay had a little bit of a an iffy relationship. So it's a change of scenery for Matt Stafford. Finally, after wasting a lot of his career in Detroit, hopefully he gets to capitalize on this opportunity. And for the Lions, they have time to wait. They're not contending right now. They have time to see if Goff's the guy. They get two first-round picks to go with it. So they have time and resources to see if Jared Goff's the guy. And they knew Matt Stafford could play. They just... The timelines didn't fit, and now this is a more realistic option for both of these teams. But I would not rule out the Lions taking a quarterback at seven. Then the Carson Wentz trade happened brief, shortly after the Super Bowl, um, a couple weeks ago, and a couple weeks after the game. But it, it looked like I certainly thought that Carson Wentz would be traded to the Chicago Bears. Um, and that's not what happened. He went to the Indianapolis Colts. And this is one of the first times that I've seen um, a player get rumored to be traded and then finally get traded. And the place that he goes to has been his most rumored destination the entire time. The first time I've seen that. Uh, so I'm happy for Carson Wentz. He now goes behind a top five offensive line with some really good weapons. You know, Trey Burton, uh, Michael Pittman. Just some really good players to throw the ball to. Maybe T.Y. Hilton comes back. They acquire someone in free agency to the draft. But he also reunites with his former head coach, Frank Reich, who he was an MVP frontrunner with for about 14 weeks in 2017. So great move for Carson Wentz. And this now gives the Eagles an opportunity to restart with a guy that they think can potentially be their quarterback one in Jalen Hurts. And there's been smoke screens. And, and you never know at this point in the offseason uh, what's real and what's not and what's trying to um, put a false narrative out there in order for teams to not spend certain money on players 
or to not show interest in certain players or to not trade up in a draft over a certain team so that player can fall without that team having to trade up. There's so much that goes on at this point in the offseason that, that we really don't know until uh, until it's all said and done and until the 2021 NFL season kicks off next September, um, hopefully. So uh, the, the, the Jalen Hurts, uh, that Jeffrey Lurie wants Jalen Hurts, um, that they want to build around him rather than select someone, I think there's still a chance they go for a quarterback and free agency to push him, or maybe they trade for, you know, like a Mariota, or maybe they select someone at number six, maybe Zach Wilson or Justin Fields falls, maybe they really like Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Um, or, you know, maybe they go in the later rounds of the draft and they grab like a Kellen Mond or a Sam Ellinger who has – who both players have potential um, and they could throw him in there too. There's so many options that the Eagles could go if they're not sold on Jalen Hurts. So I wouldn't take anything um, for certain right now. I take everything with a grain of salt, including the Eagles being all in on Jalen Hurts because how would they know if Nick Sirianni hasn't seen him take any reps? It's Wednesday, March 10th right now. How, how would they know? Uh, they wouldn't. So – don't believe everything you hear with the Jalen Hurts rumors, but it gives the Eagles an opportunity to potentially make Jalen Hurts that next option. Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, two quarterbacks that have been um, open about their situation. Russell Wilson himself has been vocal, and Deshaun Watson has done it through uh, leaked news and through his agent. Um, but both have, have just asked for a little bit more power, and I see Russell Wilson's situation as a lot less tense than Deshaun Watson and the Texans. But, you know, Deshaun... Uh, bad situation i think he kind of sees what's happened with matt stafford um as far as uh you know matt stafford wastes a lot of his time losing in detroit and and now it's affecting how people view matt stafford all time you think if matt stafford was in new england or wherever uh there was uh, wherever there was consistently good options for him consistently good teams around him and good coaching you'd think matt stafford would probably be up there in the conversation for you know Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and as of right now, is Matt Stafford a Hall of Fame quarterback? Probably not. So Deshaun Watson is looking at that and saying, "I have Hall of Fame talent, but but look at guys that have spent time in chaos, and look uh, where they stand today." So I think that's a big deal for Deshaun Watson. But Russell Wilson, he's in a good situation in Seattle. Um, like it or not, Pete Carroll wins football games. Uh, he's not you know the easiest coach to play for. It seems like he seems like he's a players' coach, but it kind of seems a little weird with him and Russell. He is a defensive guy, uh, but you know Russell Wilson asked for a little bit of control. He says, "I think I have a, I should have a say in who our offensive coordinator is," and he got a say. And he was apparently uh, vital to the hiring of Shane Waldron as their new offensive coordinator from the LA Rams. He's asking for a little bit of offensive line help. My God, if you got hit 55 times by Aaron Donald and Nick Bosa and you know Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw and all these guys and Michael Brockers and Leonard Floyd and you know Chandler Jones. You would be asking for that too. I mean, it's not a huge deal that they make a simple request, especially when you're a franchise quarterback and you're making $35 million a year. And when you're the top dog, you deserve a little bit of say. So I don't blame Russell Wilson at all. Deshaun Watson, that's just a total mismanagement from the Houston Texans. They should have, regardless of if it would have proven to have any effect, they should have made Deshaun Watson at least feel heard. Deshaun Watson, who you've, the future of your franchise and if you have to trade Deshaun Watson you carry massive dead cap I believe Deshaun Watson's young he's a top five quarterback and uh, he looks like he's the future of the league you know mobile escapability accuracy big arm leadership uh, young he looks like he's uh, he's one of the few faces of the league in the future 
uh, if he's not already right now. And so if, if someone like that that you're paying big money to and, and you have as the face of your franchise, if someone like that says, hey, you know, uh, we we won 11 games a year ago and we went to the playoffs and we had a lead over the eventual Super Bowl champions by three scores. Um, and we had a head coach, de facto general manager, and he kind of tore everything apart um, and, and was a little bit overwhelmed and, and just did a did a terrible job as our general manager. Um, and ultimately it started to create this toxic culture and he got fired and there were things said. Um, and now it's like, I don't want to go through that again. I don't want to be Matt Stafford changing coaches every couple of years, changing general managers every couple of years. I don't want to go through that. So do you mind if I have a say? Because I know what it takes to be good in this league because I'm very good in this league. Um, so do you mind if I have a say? I, t- I completely get that. Give him a say. Say, yep, we're, um, we have a committee of me, Cal McNair, uh, you know, Jack Easterby, uh, you know, the, uh, the whole McNair family, um, some former players, just, we have a, we have a, a line of guys that are going to be in these interviews and, uh, we're happy to record them for you or you're happy to sit in the meetings and talk. Um, but yes, you deserve a say and you will have a say. And, uh, if you want an offensive head coach and you recommend Eric Bieniemy, who's one of the best candidates out there, absolutely. We will interview him. And if he checks out, we will offer him the job. He can recommend Eric Bieniemy and Lewis Reddick for those two jobs. And as long as he sits in on the meetings and feels heard and you make him feel heard and you actually take his advice into account, I think you guys are fine now. And I think he goes, okay, well, uh, it's not my job to hire those guys, but I, I appreciate the input. And now let's go try and turn this thing around with Nick Casario and David Coley or whoever they end up hiring. But they didn't do that, and they botched it. The Seahawks appear to be attempting to give Russell Wilson a little bit of control as far as um, you know roster decisions. He's been very adamant about the offensive line. I think it'll be addressed. There's rumors about Trent Williams. There's just a lot of rumors as far as what Russell Wilson has requested. Um, and, and the Seahawks action, uh, that they're taking in order to, uh, grant him those requests. You know, he, he, like I said, he had a pivotal role in, uh, the hiring of that offensive coordinator, the new one, Shane Waldron. So this is a, this is a mishandled situation for the Texans. It's going to cost them for the next 10 plus years, the future of Deshaun Watson, uh, however long he is in the league, it will haunt them for, I mean, I'm pretty certain that he won't be a Houston Texan next year. Um, in some way, whether he's sitting out or whether he's traded. Um, and Russell Wilson, um, I'd say the Seahawks uh, need to do everything they can to make him happy, and I, I feel like I see signs of them doing that. So moving on, I want to talk about the franchise tags. Um, so the franchise tag deadline is passed, and nine guys were tagged. Uh, Dak, just before the deadline, agreed to a four-year, $160 million deal. We'll talk about that next, but for right now, let's talk about those guys that were franchise tagged and did not have the luxury that Dak had this year and are stuck with what Dak had last year and are going to play one year um, for a lot of money guaranteed. So uh, Chris Godwin, ta- uh, franchise for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I personally probably would have gone Shaq Barrett here for a second straight year and, and tried to negotiate because I think we can you can replace a receiver. I think uh, Nick Wright said it. Uh, Godwin's kind of a luxury. So Chris Godwin, a very good player, keeping good football players on your team. I'm never going to complain. I think there's another way they could have gone with that, and that is Shaq Barrett. But Chris Godwin staying in the buck, staying with the Buccaneers. So now they'll look to retain that that Super Bowl winning 
um, set of receivers and tight ends and Brate and Gronkowski and AB and Evans and Godwin and Tyler Johnson and just so many so many stars over there and Chris Godwin staying in Tampa Bay for at least another year. Marcus May safety for the Jets. One of the few things that was good for the Jets last year um, and, and is a, 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 an important part of their future. Uh, so Marcus May definitely has a future with the New York Jets. Taylor Moten, tackle for the Carolina Panthers, um, franchise tagged. Obviously, this team is, is offensive-driven, offensive head coach. Uh, spend money on Robbie Anderson, draft DJ Moore, spend money on Christian McCaffrey, acquire Teddy Bridgewater, trade uh, for Russell Okung. Uh, they're definitely offensive-driven, and to keep a star tackle, to keep whoever the future of your franchise is at quarterback post-Teddy Bridgewater, whether it's this year in the draft or next year through free agency, uh, keeping a good offensive tackle is never a bad thing. Allen Robinson, receiver for the Bears, was also tagged. Uh, this is another good move. Um, obviously, Allen Robinson doesn't seem too happy about it, but uh, he's a top wide receiver in the league. Uh, no doubt about it, he's a wide receiver one. He's an impact player. With bad quarterbacks last year, he still put up good stats. So Allen Robinson getting the tag in Chicago. Not making him the happiest guy in the world, but um, I think I think that they will be trying to impress him this year. Uh, and I think they're going to take a big swing at quarterback, um, however however they come about that. So Allen Robinson headed to the uh, – staying in the, with Chicago, and I think that they're going to try and give him a really good quarterback to convince him to stay and to kind of build their franchise on that connection. Now another Robinson being tagged, the offensive tackle for the Jags, um, going to have a big part of keeping up Trevor Lawrence uh, next year. So, like, like Taylor Moten, uh, an offensive-driven team at this point, uh, got some stars, uh, have a bright future. They just got to keep their quarterback upright. So, like I said, good offensive line. It's hard to come by. Um, and, and like I said before, uh, you know, it's never a bad thing to keep a good football player in your team. And Cam Robinson's still young and very good. Brandon Scherf, another offensive lineman, tagged for the second straight year by Washington. Uh, his last year, this might be a tag-and-trade situation if I had to guess. Of all these nine franchise tags, this would be the one that I think is most likely to get traded. Uh, Brandon Scherf, the guard, will not be in Washington next year. I believe he's unhappy um, with with the lack of a multi-year deal, but I also believe he has turned down um, several lucrative multi-year deals, so it just kind of seems like he wants out. Um, but, you know, Antonio Gibson running hard. Uh, they're probably going to find a quarterback one way or another. So Brandon Scherf, um, a big part of the Washington football team going forward, at least for 2021. Maybe they can extend him. Doesn't seem likely, though. Justin Simmons tagged for the second straight year by the Denver Broncos. Um, very, very good safety. I mean, you watch him play, flies off your screen, he makes plays. It's another one of those. Uh, you don't have to analyze it too much. Keeping good football players on your team is always a good idea. And then Leonard Williams on the defensive line for the New York Giants. I don't think they want to pay him quite yet. Uh, they they got a year with him after the trade uh, with the New York Jets. And I think they franchise tagged him thinking we got to take another look at him. Otherwise, someone else is going to pay him um, blindly, sort of. Um, so I think this is another attempt. Kind of like Dak Prescott. Let's get another look at you, but... But they opted to go with the tag rather than a contract this year. But I do expect they will pay him next year because he had a really good season last season. Uh, you look at the stats um, from his time with the Jets and his first year with the Giants. And last year when he was franchise tagged, I said, eh, I'm not sure I do that. You know, it's a it's a hefty, I think it was $19 million last year for DNs. I was like, I'm, I'm not sure the production is worth it. And then I watch it a couple Giants games, three or four this year, and I'm like, this dude can play straight up. So uh, my final franchise 
tagged player to talk about. Two Williams and two Robinsons this year. Pretty interesting. Um, but let's segue into the Dak Prescott contract. Uh, first of all, well done, Jerry Jones. He said something about how if if there's any player that can financially manipulate him, he's proud or happy that it's Dak. He's glad that it's Dak. Um, and really, Dak did win this deal because he's getting paid to be the second. He's he is the second now highest paid quarterback in the NFL, just right behind Patrick Mahomes, but over guys like Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Um, and, and really, he's not better than those players. So at the end of the day, it's kind of the next man up mentality. Um, and, and so Dak got paid. He definitely deserves a long term lucrative contract amongst the best in the NFL. But my God, this is this is a big contract, and, and people talk about you know Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, and how and how when he was traded and paid by the San Francisco 49ers, it was this huge deal, and now he's not even in the top ten highest paid quarterbacks. Um, but that that's just just simply a much different situation. First of all. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo's contract timing is extremely different because there were a lot of star quarterbacks that we had seen in their second, first, second, or third years that have now been paid since then. Uh, Jared Goff, I believe, has been paid since then. Patrick Mahomes has been paid since then. Deshaun Watson has been paid since then. Um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger has still been paid since then. Um, who else? Let's see. Uh, top salary cap guys in the league. Just so many, so many top quarterbacks have been paid since uh, Jimmy Garoppolo got his contract. So at one point, for a little bit, he was the highest-paid um, NFL quarterback, and now he's not in the top 10 because so many guys were able to get paid. Kirk Cousins got paid. Matt Ryan got paid. Um, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Jared Goff, Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Wentz, all these guys also had massive deals, so they didn't really surround him. But but these guys are, are in the middle of their multi-year deals. So... So the guys that are next up is Baker. He might not get paid for two years. Josh Allen, probably going to get paid next year. Lamar Jackson, probably going to get paid next year. And Kyler Murray, probably going to get paid in two to three years. So so by the time um, by the time Dak Prescott's out of this four-year deal, he's probably still going to be the second, third, or fourth highest paid quarterbacks. Because I think Josh Allen's going to get more than 40. I think there's a decent chance Lamar gets 40 or so. Um, but I think we're going to look back at this and we're going to see Russell Wilson still making that 35, maybe getting a second deal. Um, Aaron Rodgers dropping off um, with how long is left on his deal. So uh, so it's definitely just not the same situation as Jimmy Garoppolo as far as he was the highest paid and now he's not. Now it looks like a bargain. It's not the same as um, you know Mahomes is making $45 million this year, next year, next year, next year, next year. And in 10 years, it's going to look like a freaking bargain. There might be guys that are making $60 million at that point because of new TV deals and more league revenue because more people are starting to watch football. It, it's not the same. Dak was one of the last in line of this cluster of quarterbacks. And now the next guys, Baker, Allen, Lamar, Kyler, Herbert, Burrow, uh, they're not going to come for a while. Uh, so Dak's still going to be amongst the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league, despite his uh, despite if his talent warrants it. Um, by the time this deal is over, now I want to talk about my top free agents, 
and my number one potential destination because all these guys are saying he's going here, he's going there, he's going here. These guys have money. These guys want to trade for him. These guys need a position, but, but oftentimes these factors don't work out. So I want to take all the factors into account. I don't want to throw four teams at you for 10 players because then we're sitting here talking about 40 situations. I just want to give you my top 10 free agents, and I want to give you my – I'm not sure if it's 10, but my top 10 or 11 free agents and their best fit and why. So, not in order, Aaron Rodgers, er, sorry, Aaron Jones, his best fit is simply the Miami Dolphins. Number one, they have money to spend. Number two, they have a need at running back. Number three, they're going to improve their offensive line. And number four, there's mutual interest. Aaron Jones wants to go there. There's no state tax. He, they can pay him, um, and he can um, be the, the, the feature guy in that offense. Number one, he'd be the feature back, but he could also, the team could sit on his shoulders, and he could, he could make a lot of money run for a lot of yards, um, and be the focal point of that offense with the dink and dunk quarterback that is to a tackle by Loa. Trent Williams for the 49ers, uh, the left tackle. His best potential destination is the 49ers. He replaced Joe Staley. Um, he's older. His He wants to win a ring, and the 49ers have one of the best shots to win a ring. So he's turning 33 before this season. If he's not 33 already, and, and he doesn't have time to waste going to Jacksonville or, or wherever to get paid if he's not going to win anything. So I think his best fit is with the 49ers as far as um, as far as far winning and as far as uh, spot on the roster and the importance that they've had already since he they uh, acquired him from the Washington football team. Now, Kenny Galladay, another guy that I like to see on the Miami Dolphins. You need to give Tua a weapon. Oftentimes in Alabama, he was thrown to these explosive, fast jump ball receivers, um, and he doesn't really have that right now. Granted, some guys opted out in Miami. I think Albert Wilson opted out. Um, Devontae Parker, I do not believe he played 16 games. Um, so there's a lot of guys out there uh, on the market. Kenny Galladay probably amongst the best. The Dolphins need uh, need that stud wide receiver to see if Tua has it. And let's be honest, they have the money to pay him and the need. Um, and oftentimes, that's the recipe for success and the recipe for deals and paydays in these situations. Yannick Ngakwe, uh, I think his best fit is with New England. Can you imagine? I mean, he was productive. Uh, he started the year in Jacksonville, was traded, uh, didn't play for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year, but was traded to the Minnesota Vikings, played a couple games for them, learned that scheme. Then went to the Baltimore Ravens, and he was still amongst uh, the best in stats this year. So to, to be in three different organizations over the course of the season um, and, and to still produce, can you imagine what uh, a great defensive coach like Bill Belichick would do, the, the best defensive coordinator of all time? And can you imagine what he would do with a guy like Unique Ngakwe, who, by the way, is still very young and could produce for another six or seven years? Hunter Henry, I think my best fit for him is the Panthers. They don't really have um, the stud tight end right now. Uh, they have money to pay him, and I, I really don't see the Chargers um, dropping a whole lot of money on him. I think Brandon Saylor is going to want to get some defensive guys in there um, to shore that up on uh, his side of the ball. And so I think, uh, you know, like I said before, uh, when we're talking about the, the, the tag, this is an offensive-driven team. Um, Hunter Henry uh, is a future star, is currently a star, and is one of the futures of the league at the tight end position, and I think that's, uh, that's a pretty good fit there. Shaquille Griff in the corner was not tagged by the Seahawks. I kind of figured he might be or that they would get something figured out, but I do believe that Shaquille Griffin will return to the Seahawks. They don't have a whole lot of money. They cut Carlos Dunlap, so now 
My Seahawks have about $25 million. You know, Shaq uh, had a Pro Bowl year in 2019, bit of a down year last year um, for a variety of reasons, talent around him, hamstring injury. Um, so had, had a bit of a down year, so he might get a bit of a discount, but I think he's still going to make 9 to $10 million a year. And I think the Seahawks are going to have to match that offer because supply and demand. But I do believe that the Seahawks spend a good portion of that $25 million or so in salary cap on getting Shaquille Griffin back, so I think he will be in Seattle next year and beyond. Curtis Samuel. A lot of rumors about Curtis Samuel going to the Washington football team, but the Ravens know that they need a wide receiver, and there's been rumors that the Ravens aren't going to spend a premium draft pick on a wide receiver, and they're not going to spend a whole lot of money on a wide receiver. So Curtis Samuel is a nice fit. First of all, he matches that uh, that Ravens offense. You know, their offensive coordinator is tricky. Uh, he lets Lamar get outside. He uses speed that way. He uses multiple backs in different situations. And can you imagine what he did, what he could do with Curtis Samuel? He could run him on fly sweeps. He could run screens with him. Uh, he could just straight up throw it to him with Lamar Jackson. He'd be another weapon in the passing and the running game. And he's just a speedy receiver who really fits that Baltimore Ravens offense. So he might be the most linked to the Washington football team, but my best fit for him is the Baltimore Ravens when you take all factors into account. Hassan Reddick, kind of an under-the-radar uh, player last year and kind of an under-the-radar free agent. Another guy I'd like to see go to the New England Patriots. Not going to have to pay him a lot because of how under-the-radar he is, but I think Bill Belichick could use him um, very well, and I think he could be like a rotational piece with like a Chase Winovich while they have, in my opinion, Yannick Ngakwe on the other side. These aren't predictions, by the way. Um, I, I, I think the Patriots are going to be uncharacteristically aggressive this offseason as, as had his... It has already been described um, by you know key sources and people close to the situation, but I do believe uh, that that this is a this is a realistic fit to have two pass rushers acquired by the Patriots in free agency. That'd be a very Belichick move, and I think uh, Belichick uh, doesn't have a whole lot of time left, and I think he realizes that and wants to go out with a bang. And I think acquiring guys like Hassan Reddick. And Unique Ngakwe, who are coming off under the radar, really good seasons, uh, would be a good fit for them, especially with all the money they have. Juju Smith-Schuster, I think his best fit is the Raiders. They are cutting cap money, uh, an offensive head coach, uh, a good quarterback, uh, and, and a couple really good receivers there already. Darren Waller is a very good receiver, and Henry Ruggs is obviously such a threat that you wouldn't have to give Juju all the attention. Uh, Las Vegas is a big city. That's a great place for his brand um, hadn't even thought about that till I till I thought about the fact that it'd be in Las Vegas that'd be great for Juju's brand they'd be able to pay him he wouldn't be the number one guy necessarily I mean he probably would be the wide receiver one but you have to give a lot of attention still to Henry Ruggs to Josh Jacobs to Darren Waller um, and, and to the to the multiple ways that this offense can succeed as far as uh, who they have on offense. So Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, would be a great fit with the Las Vegas Raiders on and off the field. Trey Hendrickson, I think his best fit is the Colts, to be honest. Uh, the Colts have the money to pay him. He is uh, coming off a season where he tied the defensive player of the year for sacks, Aaron Donald, and that was joint second in the league. Um, and, and let's be honest, he would he would thrive. Last year, he really, really thrived with Cam Jordan on the other side to take some of the heat off him so he could you know, run free. And I think he'd be looking for, for opportunities like that as well. 
Uh, he'd still be able to get paid, but he would also benefit from having, you know, DeForest Buckner there. Uh, maybe Justin Houston gets re-signed, but he would definitely benefit from having um, another star on that defensive line. And so Trey Hendrickson could continue to eat as that pass rusher too and still get paid. So I think that's a great situation for him. Chris Carson, uh, we talked about the uh, Aaron Jones to the Dolphins as a running back going to a team that can pay him and to a team that uh, that can afford um, to make him the focal point of their offense. Chris Carson, not so much would be a focal point, but he would fit in very well with this Buffalo Bills team. It, it, it pains me to say it, as I like to see him remain um, a Seahawk, but there's just not enough money to go around in Seattle right now. So I think he goes to the Buffalo Bills. A couple teams out there um, need a running back badly. I think the Steelers are in prime position to get a Najee Harris or Travis Etienne through the draft, whoever they pick. And I think Aaron Jones to the Dolphins and Chris Carson to the Bills uh, would be a nice little, uh, you know, three three banger for a three peat uh, for for running backs getting acquired and becoming focal points or really important pieces in an offense. So that is my top 10 or 11 free agents and their best destinations and why. And now I want to wrap it up with um, just listing off some teams that I think have question marks at quarterbacks at their quarterback position, um, who, who would be good there. And then we'll wrap it up with my way too early team picks for the playoffs in 2021 over, you know, around 10 months away from, uh, from being there over half a year, from seeing if this materializes. Um, but why not throw out a way too early team pick? Saying way too early on social media or on a podcast saves you from catching a whole lot of flack because you can just go back on and say, what did I know 10 months ago? But if you get them right, this is a this is a low-risk, high-reward. If you get them right, you look like a genius. So I'm going to be doing a lot of those way too early, so be ready for that. But question marks at quarterback. I have two, four, six, seven teams that have question marks at quarterback that they simply don't know who is going to be under center for them or who's going to be under center for them next year. Are they going to acquire a guy who can eventually take over? Are they not securing their current guy? Um, so we'll talk about that team by team, situation by situation. Starting off with Ride the Wave fans, your New England Patriots. Right now it kind of seems like um, it's, it's going to be someone that was in the room last year, Stidham or Cam. It's starting to sound like Mac Jones if he's not gone by eight. Um, will be um, it, Mac Jones to New England I think if Mac Jones is sitting there at 15 Mac Jones is going to be a New England Patriot um, but the big question is is what are other teams going to do because the Patriots right now don't hold their cards they they don't have unless they want to trade up and give up valuable draft, sp- draft stock which Belichick has not been known to do in the past in fact he's been known to do the opposite um, the, the New England Patriots are, are going to be a reactionary quarterback team, and I don't think that sits right with Belichick. So I think he might make a move um, to re-sign Cam Newton to maybe acquire an Andy Dalton after getting another look at him in Dallas last year uh, and, and maybe have those guys mentor Mac Jones or Trey Lance if that player falls to them. But like I said, I think Belichick is going to be want to be secure going into the draft. Um and maybe uh, if the cards uh, fall where where they may in the right situation for Belichick, maybe he takes a quarterback at 15. But right now I'd say Cam Newton getting re-signed is probably the number one option. Um, not the best option, but the, the most realistic one. The New York Jets, I think they're going to move off Sam Darnold. I think they could get uh, the Bears' first-round pick or their second-round pick. 
um, and a third or something. I think they can get valuable draft stock for Sam Darnold. Uh, rumors coming out uh, a while ago saying Sam Darnold, uh, his market would be a late first-round pick. So it would be one of these playoff teams that's not super secure in their guy. And it's this team, um, the Washington football team, or the Chicago Bears. Not secure in their current quarterback. Have moved off their starting quarterback, Alex Smith. Um, that got them to the playoffs, really. And Mitchell Trubisky, who was their majority starter last year, they moved off him. They still made the playoffs. They still played in the playoff games. Were wild card exits, but they need an upgrade in order to return. And so I see Sam Darnold as a potential uh, late round first, late first round pick, going back to the Jets, and them selecting Zach Wilson with the second pick in the draft. The Washington football team, we just talked about it. I think their number one option is Sam Darnold. If it's not Sam Darnold, I think they start with Taylor, uh, not Taylor Heineke. They start with Kyle Allen, and if that doesn't work out, they go to Taylor Heineke. San Francisco, their number one option um, is Jimmy G, but they'll be in the quarterback market until the end, waiting for a potential uh, a, a better option than him. But it's only if they can get Deshaun Watson for you know two, two to three firsts, um, low risk. Uh, I don't think they're going to send a farm. Uh, or a King's Ransom to Houston. But I think right now they're a little insecure with Garoppolo, but I think they'd be all right if they if they open the season with him. Carolina, I think they stick with Teddy Bridgewater, but they draft someone eighth overall. You know, I think uh, I think one, two is going to be quarterbacks. Um, three, the Dolphins aren't going to take a quarterback. It doesn't seem like. Four, the Falcons. Um, five, the Bengals aren't going to take a quarterback. Six, the Eagles. May or may not take a quarterback, but even if they do, that's only Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Mac Jones gone. There's going to be a quarterback on the board at eight for the Chicago. Uh, sorry, for the Carolina Panthers is the point I'm trying to make. Like they can take Mac Jones, they can take you know maybe Justin Fields falls or Trey Lance, uh, whoever they like at eight. They're probably going to have one to two options to pick from. Um, so I think Bridgewater stays. They they draft a quarterback at eight. Uh, he mentors him for half a year. Um, eight games, ten games, or the entire season. But yeah, I'd say they start the year with Bridgewater, but they have someone there that's ready to take over. The Chicago Bears, um, like I talked about with Sam Darnold, I think he is their best option. If not, do you go back to Trubisky? Do you make a move to acquire Andy Dalton? This team, this general manager, this head coach, they need a big swing, which is why I think an Andy Dalton or you know a Tyrod Taylor or a Cam Newton, or Mitch Trubisky, or Nick Foles is not just not the best option. So I think it's going to take, um, you know, acquiring someone like Garoppolo or acquiring someone uh, like Sam Darnold or um, Deshaun Watson in order to to keep this uh, head coach and general manager in their positions because that's what they desperately need. And and do you think Ryan pa- Ryan Pace cares about the future of the Bears if he's not there? Absolutely not. If there are rumors that he's going to get fired if he doesn't make a splash, he will absolutely make that splash. Three to four first-round picks. They're a quarterback desperate. I'd say right now the most realistic option, though, is Sam Darnold. So with that being said, those are my teams. I have question marks at quarterbacks. New England, the Jets. The Washington football team, the Houston Texans, the San Francisco 49ers, the Carolina Panthers, and the Chicago Bears. Let me know who you think are the most realistic options and the best fits, realistic or unrealistic. I don't care for those teams. Now, I want to go into my way too early team picks for the playoffs in 2021, starting with the AFC. One second. Been a minute since I've been doing these podcasts. Had to take a had to take a sip of water. All right, here are my way-too-early team picks for the playoffs in 2021. 
Going to start with the AFC, Baltimore. They're going to address their needs at wide receiver. And, you know, they have an excellent coaching staff and Lamar on a rookie deal still. Cleveland. Baker is in year two with Kevin Stefanski. He's still on his rookie deal like we talked about with Lamar. There's enough cap room to make a splash on defense. And they can return the league's best offensive line. Buffalo. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and a great coach with a defense that's strong and will continue to be addressed. Uh, they're probably going to bring in a pass rusher um, in some way. Indianapolis, another playoff team. Carson Wentz should do well with the top five offensive line and Frank Reich with a defense that, you know, contains DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard, two of the best players at their positions. So I think Indy makes the playoffs next year. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Andy Reid, uh, Chris Jones, Honey Badger. I mean, it's pretty simple. They're going to be back in the playoffs next year after back-to-back Super Bowls and uh, back-to-back-to-back AFC Championship games. This is going to surprise you guys. The Las Vegas Raiders, they're going to have better defensive play with cap room uh, to spend and and draft picks, really. Derek Carr's coming off his best year with John Gruden, and they're returning Josh Jacobs, a stud at running back, uh, Darren Waller, and Henry Ruggs. It's a little concerning the moves they're making on the offensive line, releasing Richie Incognito, releasing Gabe Jackson, trading Trent Brown, so they now are losing three starters. So I'm a little interested to see how they're going to replace those. I think a lot of that money is going to go back to defense. So, you know, Derek Carr looked really, really good. We've seen that picture. Like, why is Russell Wilson wanting to go to the Raiders? And it it shows the Raiders, and it's Derek Carr sitting behind this great offensive line and and probably the cleanest pocket you'll ever see. They're now losing three of those guys. So a little concerning there, but um, if, if they believe that they have some guys that can step in and perform in those offensive line roles and, they, and they'd and they rather spend money and draft picks on defense, then I understand that. And I'm saying, I'm saying the third team, probably not the third team in that order, um, making it out of the AFC West is the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, you know, last year the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, and the Pittsburgh Steelers all made the playoffs out of the AFC North. And I think this year, out of the AFC West, three teams are going to make it and at a pretty surprising pick, um, even for myself. So for the Los Angeles Chargers, I think Justin Herbert is going to take the next step. His first year, he had the best rookie QB season in NFL history. Now he'll prove to be a top three to five quarterback in the entirety of the NFL. This is going to be a Patrick Mahomes second year, um, a Lamar Jackson second year starting. This is going to be a big, big deal. Uh, Justin Herbert um, is going to prove to be a top three to five quarterback this year, um, and we're uh, he's only scratching the surface of what we've seen in his rookie season. In the NFC, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, Dak's not a large part of the cap this year, so they have money to spend. Their offensive line is returning healthier and less expensive. They've reworked deals with Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, and Lyle Collins. So they've got two good tackles if Tyron Smith can stay healthy, which I doubt he will. But if he can give you 10 to 12 games, you can get eight or nine wins out of that alone, and that might be enough for a playoff spot. Lyle Collins at right tackle, and Zach Martin, one of the best guards, if not the best guard in the NFL. Uh, and, you know, Jerry Jones is going to work some magic, and he's going to make some splashes. Dan Quinn, the defense is automatically going to be better once you get a guy like Dan Quinn in the building. Um instead of uh, Mike Nolan, who was really a defensive coordinator for the Cowboys last year because 
you know, he's buddies with Mike McCarthy, and, and, and Mike McCarthy probably owed him a favor. That's a pretty big favor to return. So I think Dallas are going to be better on defense, which is really what killed him last year. Dak's going to be back healthy, motivated um, with a new deal, and he's going to be out there to prove Jerry Jones correct. The Washington football team, they're just a quarterback away, and we've talked about that with a lot of teams. We talked about that with, that with the Buccaneers, and look what happened. If they figure it out, and I think they will, they have a great defense. They got young stars on both sides of the ball, and they got a great coaching staff. They're absolutely going to be back in the playoffs last year. If they can make the playoffs after starting Dwayne Haskins and playing him significant time and, and playing Kyle Allen and playing him significant time and losing him to injury and then playing Alex Smith after everything he's been through, having the um, the emotions around that, and then playing Taylor Heineke in the playoffs and having him perform, they're going to figure something out next year. And then I want to talk about... Uh, you know the following, and then we'll the, we will rank um, the rest of the playoff teams. Uh, we'll seed them. I mean, one to seven for the NFC and the AFC. But my next playoff team from the NFC is Green Bay. I do believe they grab Aaron Rodgers another weapon um, through free agency, the draft or trade. Um, but they won't be the Packers in the last two years as far as thirteen and three. They're they're just not aggressive enough. They're a little too um, conservative. They, they should have been aggressive to keep Aaron Jones or Corey Lindsley, but nope, they're not using the franchise tag, and they're letting those guys hit free agency, even though they can find a way to spend money. Tampa Bay, they've reworked Brady's deal to have more cap room, and, and they've already used that to extend standout linebacker Levante David, and they've now tagged wide receiver Chris Godwin, two out of the three of their biggest pieces, and now it's just up to them to retain Shaq Barrett. You know, like I said, with Shaq Barrett, they still have important guys to retain or acquire in order to run it back. But they've got a good starting point with the greatest winner in sports history. The Rams, they upgraded a quarterback. They had the league's best defense, a top head coach. Um, and they have stars at every last position. So the Rams going to make the playoffs next year in my eyes. San Francisco, they're going to return a lot of their 2019 Super Bowl team. that got hit with a cluster of injuries last year. They have a great head coach. And they have studs everywhere. Maybe the best offensive line, defensive line combo in the league right now. And I think Garoppolo... Um, can perform well in this situation if he can stay healthy, which I believe this year he will. Seattle, uh, I think they'll get it figured out with Russell Wilson, and outside of that, they return a very solid defense that improves so much towards the end of the year. Uh, out of the toughest division of football, they'll rally and sneak in as a wild card team. So at 41 minutes, try to get out at 45. I want to rank uh, NFC and AFC. We'll seed them 1-7 to seven, um, following the playoff format rules. And uh, I'm not going to go through and, and, and pick winners of games or whatever. Um, but maybe maybe in a future episode or in a future prediction, maybe closer to the NFL season. So for the NFC, I have Tampa Bay as the one seed. San Francisco is the two seed. Green Bay is the three seed. Dallas is the four seed. The Rams are the five seed. The Seahawks as the six seed. And the Washington football team as the seven seed. In the AFC, I have the Buffalo Bills as the one. Kansas City the two. The Baltimore Ravens, the three, Indianapolis at the four seed. The Chargers getting in the playoffs for the first time um, since that 12-4 and four season with Phillip Rivers at the five seed. The Browns back-to-back playoff years at the six seed. And the Las Vegas Raiders, a surprise pick, making the playoffs as the seventh seed out of the AFC. So there you go. There is the NFC seeded uh, with predictions and reasoning. There are my teams that have question marks at quarterback. 
those are my top free agents and their number one potential destination. Uh, taking a lot of factors into account, my reaction to Dak Prescott's contract, my reaction to the franchise tags, and my reaction to offseason quarterback movement. A lot of reactions, if you can't tell, in this episode. Um, just because, um, you know, my football season started, uh, a new semester of school started, I got a lot riding on what I'm doing right now outside of the Call the Audible world for me. Um, so I, I took a hiatus. I'm back now. I think I've got I've got a rhythm going, but there was just a lot of stuff that happened um, while I wasn't uploading podcasts and uh, while I was posting on Call the Audible and Ride the Wave. Uh, it's just not the same as hearing me talk about it, in my opinion, because uh, I can't I can't really have a conversation about it um, over a post where you got to make it look good and all that. So. This is what that is, a reaction to everything that's happened. This will be more reactionary um, uh, for the recent and the upcoming episodes over the upcoming weeks, but I appreciate you for supporting, sticking with me, um, and rejoining kind of the Call the Audible movement um, in the podcasting world. We're going places. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys supporting. Follow at TylerPiper30 on Instagram. That's me. Follow my at call the audible Instagram account. And uh, as always partnered with at ride the wave media, follow them as well. Great content showing up on your feed every single day. Appreciate you guys for listening, supporting. This has been the call the audible podcast. Thank you so much for listening.